Okay, so like two weeks ago, Michael came up to me and he was like, hey, do you want to speak at Underground? And it was one of those moments where I was like, like, are you talking to me? 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 Okay, okay. I'll speak. So um, even though Michael can't be here tonight, I just want to honor Michael and Rachel because, yeah, yeah, they're pretty amazing. See, I've only been working here for like a couple months, but in that short amount of time, they have shown me so much love and so much grace, and I've just seen them time and time again just show love to every person that is in their life and just point people to Jesus. So if we can honor Michael and Rachel right now. They're watching. Hi, guys. Okay, so I want to give you guys a little bit of information about me, uh, just so you know who's talking. So my name's Natalie, and I am the least likely girl to ever be on a stage. And I'm going to tell you why. So when I first started coming to Riverside, um, I was a person who would, like, hide. So I would come in through this side door over here, and I would just, like, hurry my way down the hallway, and I'd keep my head down. And I didn't want anyone to see me, and I would sit in the way back over there, okay? So, like... Way in the way in the back. Because I was, like, trying to hide, right? And during meet and greet, I would, like, go to the bathroom because I didn't want to shake anyone's hands because I always had, like, really super sweaty hands because I'm always nervous. And so if someone would, like, catch me before I actually got to the bathroom, I'd have to pull one of these and be like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Natalie. Um, And they're like, did you just wash your hands or something? Your hands are really wet. And I'm like, actually, no. I'm really nervous. Thank you for pointing out my flaws. Um... And so I am, like, the least likely girl. Like, after service, I would run out the door. And I did that for about, like, a year and a half. And then I started coming to underground. And people would be like, oh, who are you? Are you new to Riverside? And I'm like, no, I've actually been coming for, like, a year and a half. I just always hid. You know, but it's actually a miracle that God could have taken me from the way, way back of the church to be standing before you today um, because. That's just not who I am. Um, But I'm just going to tell you, I'm not here today like, oh my gosh, I'm this perfect person. And like, if you follow Jesus like I do, your life's going to be amazing. Um, Because I'm not perfect. I'm an imperfect person who had a perfect God place a message on my heart. So I'm just asking tonight, yeah, amen. Can I get some hallelujah? My amen girls right there. Um, I mean, boys boys and girls, yeah. (laughs) Um, but I, like I said, I'm not perfect. And so I'm going to like fumble through this message and I might stutter, but even Moses had a stutter and God used him. Can I get a hallelujah? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. I love you guys. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to get into the message. So dear Lord, I just thank you for everyone that you have brought here tonight. The Lord Jesus, you brought them here on purpose for a purpose. So I just ask that you give me the boldness to speak your word and that Lord, you open up their hearts to receive what you are speaking to them tonight. We pray against any hindrance that would try to come against the word of the Lord penetrating their hearts. And we just submit ourselves to you in Jesus name. Amen. Okay. So I don't know if you guys brought your Bibles or your U version app. 
Um, but if you want to open up to Ezekiel 37, I'm going to give a little backstory. Also, if you hear me wheezing in the microphone, don't worry. I don't have asthma. It's just because I'm really nervous. Okay, so Ezekiel 37, is uh, it takes place when Israel was in exile. So exile meant that they were living in a foreign land. And foreigners were not treated very well. So the Israelites were in exile in Babylon for 10 years, and they were losing hope, okay? And God sent Ezekiel, who was a prophet of God, and a prophet meant that uh, God spoke words to him, and it was his job to go and speak to God's people and spread the word. So Ezekiel, we're reading in Ezekiel 37, and this is a vision from God, okay? So God is speaking to Ezekiel about Israel. And we're starting off in verse 1. It's Ezekiel 37.1. It says, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. Okay, pause for a moment. So when I gave my life to Jesus, I thought, like, I was going to hop from one mountaintop to the next. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, Jesus just wants me up here, and the valley is just not for me. You know, like, the valley is not where God has called me. Why would he ever ask me to do that? But as we read in this scripture, it actually says that the Lord took Ezekiel to the valley. Because in the valley, God does a deeper refinement in us that could never be done on the mountaintop. So we're going to keep reading in Ezekiel 37, 2 through 3. It says, he led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. See, Ezekiel saw dry bones. God wasn't asking Ezekiel, what do you see? God was asking, can you believe for the things you have yet to see? See, God wants to change the reality of what you see. In your life, you may be surrounded by impossible situations. You may be surrounded by broken relationships. Maybe you have family issues or health issues, and you feel like the impossible is closing in on you. But see, Jesus wants to change that reality of what you see to the reality that he sees. See, there's this man in the Bible called Elisha. Okay, he's pretty cool. And there's a story where these, like, enemies, they didn't like him. So they're like, okay, we're going to go, like, kill this guy. But instead of just, like, being, like, oh, just, like, one-on-one or two-on-two, they're like, okay, let's send a whole army, right? So this king sends a whole army against Elisha and him and his servant. It's just two of them. And the servant's like, uh, paraphrasing, of course, yo, Elisha. Uh, there's an army out there to kill us. And he's like, oh God, open his eyes so that he may see. And God opened his eyes and he saw a whole army of God behind them. Chariots of fire. See, the thing is, is God, what God is doing in your life is greater than what you think he is doing because he's working behind the scenes. And if I can be honest with you, one of the hardest valleys I've had to walk through was my health. So when I first started serving at Riverside, uh, I actually told my mom this. I said, 
no one will ever know that I have celiac disease. Okay, so just like to clarify a little disclaimer, no matter how many times I sneeze, fart, or burp on you, you can't get this, okay? Um, it's not contagious. Uh, it's just something I was born with. And in my eighth grade year, um, my health like took a really bad turn for the worse. And I, it got so bad that I actually missed three months of school, okay? It was kind of good because I wasn't at school, but it was kind of bad because I was really sick. You know what I'm saying? Uh, So I missed three months of school. I had to have a tutor come to my house, and I was going to doctor visit after doctor visit, and no one knew what was wrong with me. So I had this really good idea. I was like, I'm going to go to WebMD, and I'm going to diagnose myself, right? Does anybody else do that? Yeah, because I totally do. So I looked it up, and I was like, okay, so I'm losing my hair, and I have rashes on my legs. I just come to the conclusion that I'm slowly dying, right? Like, this is really bad, but I'm, like, headed to my deathbed, and I saw impossible around me, right? When I looked into my future, all I saw was pain. I just thought, the, what's up ahead is only going to be pain, and I'm not going to get past this. And I would ask God, it's like, God, I want you to use me, but I can't even get out of bed. Like, how are you going to use me? And I'm better now. Can I get a hallelujah? Yes. Okay. But you may feel like me, and it may not be health, but it may be family, or it may be friendship, um, that you feel surrounded by impossible situations. But if you think about it, there needs to be an impossible situation for your miracle to take place. See, if it's not impossible, then it's not a miracle. See, God could have led Ezekiel to a valley of breathless bodies, right? Like, he could have gave him a vision, and Ezekiel's walking through this valley, and it's just bodies without air in them. And anyone who watches Grey's Anatomy could totally bring those people back to life, right? They're like, I saw season 5, episode 13, I'm going to do some CPR and shock you a little, and you're going to breathe, right? Like, that, that's possible. That doesn't look impossible to people. And God could have even led him to a valley full of skeletons, right? Like, it could have been like, okay, this is less possible, God, but, like, we got a good foundation, something to work with. But no, God led Ezekiel to a valley that was dry and scattered bones. And God is leading you guys somewhere, but what are you speaking See, Proverbs 18, 21 says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. You know, the enemy knows the word, and he's very good at twisting it. See, the enemy wants you to dig your own grave with the words that you use. John 10, 10, favorite verse of all time. Yeah, yeah, everybody knows it. Um, it says that the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we may have life and have it to the full. See, the enemy's plan is to stop God's plan on your life. And the greatest way that he does this is he throws distractions and hindrances at you. And I believe the biggest way he does that is he uses our own words against us. Ezekiel 37, 4 through 6 says, Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. 
I will put breath into you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. See, we need to speak the promises of God like Ezekiel did. He didn't partner with the lies. He didn't go to the valley and was like, oh, well, this is hopeless. Like, you're a dead bone. There's no hope for you. Audio sucker. You know, he didn't do that. I don't know if I can say sucker up here. I'm sorry. Um, he wasn't like, adios, pal. Um, you ain't going to live. No. Instead, he partnered with promise. And because he partnered with promise, he saw dead bones come to life. See, the truth is, if you've lived on this earth for any amount of time, you know it's hard, right? Like, parents abandon their children to be raised by their grandparents. People get diseases, you know what I'm saying? Um, and relationships fall apart, hurt happens, and life is just hard. But Jesus wants to change the way we view our circumstances. See, our impossible circumstances are the perfect soil for a miracle to take place in our lives. The greater the mess, the greater the miracle. If we keep reading, this valley is actually called a graveyard. But I want to remind you that God does his greatest miracles at the grave. In Mark 5, Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. In Luke 7, Jesus raised the widow's son to life. In Luke 7, no, in Mark 5, sorry, Jesus raised Jairus' daughter to from the dead. In Luke 7, Jesus raised the widow's son to life. In John 11, Jesus raised Lazarus to life after he had been dead for four days. And the greatest one of all, in Mark 16, Jesus was raised to life after dying on the cross for our sins. See, he conquered death and he crushed the devil's head and he made it possible for the greatest miracle to ever happen on earth was that we would be able to have a close relationship with Jesus. It's in the moments of your life that you feel like all hope is gone and you're just a goner and this is it, that Jesus has just begun. See, this is not the end of your story. It's just the beginning of your journey. Yeah, yeah. See, Israel was nothing but dry bones. I mean, they looked done for. If anyone, like any normal person looked at them, they'd be like, you's a goner, buddy. Like, I'm sorry, but not sorry. See, they had to rely on God to show up because their strength was gone. They were literally just bones. There was no muscle. What were they going to do? Nothing. But when we come to the end of ourselves, that's when we leave room for God to move in our lives. See, Israel tried to do things on their own, and that's what led them into exile. Right? For 10 years, they had no hope because they tried to do it in their own strength. But at the very point of Israel's failure is where God chose to breathe and speak life into them. See, the very place that Satan thinks he's going to get the win in your life is the very place that Jesus is going to give you victory. And it's the very place that you're going to trample under your feet Satan's schemes, his lies, and plans over your life. See, God has a good plan for you, and that promise stands true tonight. And I feel like some of you, like, I just said that, and it went right over your head, right? 50% of you didn't get it. Why? Because you grew up in church. You grew up hearing that. You're like, yeah, 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 whatever. God has a good plan for my life. Or some of you are like, actually, I did believe that at one point before I did what I did. Or before I experienced this hurt in my life. 
If God is good, why would he let this happen to me? And let me tell you something. The promise God made over your life before you messed up and before you experienced pain is the same God that is making promises over your life that still stand tonight. In Numbers 23, 18 through 20, it says that God is not human. He does not change his mind. So God has not changed his mind about you. I am only 20. Yeah. Yeah, I'm no longer a teenager. Welcome to adulthood. It's been great. All right. But I am only 20, and and in that such short amount of time, I have failed God so many times. I have. And if I'm not careful, I can look at my failures. I can look at my past. I can look at all the times that I fell short, my broken dreams, my crushed hopes and inadequacies, and think I'm, I'm done for. There's nothing I can give. There's no strength that I have. And I can say, I've done too much. I've said too much. I've wandered too far. I've hurt too much. Why would a perfect God ever want me? Because he doesn't see what you and I see. See, I see a valley of dry bones. I see the death of hope and dreams. And I see my failures. But God sees a great army. See, Ezekiel 37.10 says, So I spoke the message as he commanded me. And breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet. A great army. See, when Jesus looks at you, he doesn't see your failure. He sees the potential that he's placed within you. And it can be so easy to stand in your valley and you say, Jesus, look at my mess. Look at what I did to myself. Look at what I did. Why would you ever want me? And Jesus says, because out of your valley... I'm going to call forth a great army, and I'm going to redeem your story for my glory. See, the truth is, Jesus is willing and ready to forgive you. And he's willing and ready to forgive your past, but it doesn't stop there. See, Jesus has promises over your life that he wants you to begin to walk out. See, what you speak in the valley matters. It's easy for me to encourage other people. I literally love to, like, find something about someone and be like, yo, girl, I like your sweatshirt. Or, like, oh, my gosh, your personality is so amazing. Um, But when it comes to myself, that's not so easy. I am, it's just so easy for me to, like, find something negative and I fixate on it. And even when I was preparing this message, I was like, I'm only 20. I'm not qualified for this. Why would anyone listen to me? Why would I ever get on stage? And then I realized I needed to start to speak the promises of God over my life. And you need to do the same. See, this is why we did the series, Ola Me Yamo. So that you may begin to know who you are in Christ and live that out. To speak life in a valley of dry bones takes courage. When other people around you are negative Nellies and they're speaking all sorts of negativeness, um, it's really hard to be like, yo, I'm going to speak life into this situation, right? Like when I was sick, people would come up to me and they'd be like, you know what, Natalie, you are going to fail eighth grade. And I'm like, wow, you are so awesome. I'm going through such a hard time right now and I really need that right no I was like you know what I'm not gonna receive that like I'm gonna speak life like God doesn't want me to fail he wants me to succeed and so I'm gonna start speaking life to where people have spoken death over me and there is a process on the way to the promise when Ezekiel spoke in the valley 
The bones became skeleton, the skeleton became a body, and the body got breath from the living God. And the promise in this passage, and the title of my message only took me like halfway to get to it, is that we are alive with Christ. Hola, me llamo, alive with Christ. Ephesians 2, 4 through 6 says, But God is so rich in mercy and loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So my question to you today is, do you have faith to speak to what you can't see? See, God will move on your faith. Will he move in your time? Probably not. Will he move in your way? Not a chance. But God will move. See, your steps are ordered by God, and there isn't a difficult path he can't navigate. The relationship struggles that you're having, God can navigate that. The health issues you're facing, God can navigate that. The family situation, and you keep praying for that sibling, and they just seem to be acting worse, and you're like, God, do you see this? Like, how dare they rebel when I'm praying for them? You know what I mean? But God can navigate that. See, Jesus wants to give you victory in your valley. All our valleys look different, but there is one thing we have in common. Jesus is there. See, Jesus orders your steps, and he isn't leading you where you are not. And I've found in my life, I would rather be in a valley with Jesus than on a mountaintop without him. Because I've learned that in the valley, wherever God is, wherever his presence is, there's protection. And Jesus will breathe new life into your situations as you align your words with his word. See, God will get you through this valley, but what you choose to speak matters and it will determine the outcome of when you get out of this valley see your story is powerful and when you share it the very words that God has placed on your heart that can be the very words that will cause someone to rise from their grave if you feel like you're in a valley tonight I want to pray for you if you feel like you're surrounded by impossible situations I want to pray for you because I have been there so can I ask everyone to stand up please everyone Okay, so you can do like the modest Christian thing and hold your hands down, or you can do this, or you can raise them and be a little Pentecostal and crazy. Whatever suits you, it doesn't matter to me, but I'm going to pray for you right now. Dear Lord, I just come before you with every person in this room. I thank you, Jesus, that you have a plan and a purpose, Lord. Even in the valley, you were there. Even in the valley, you were working, and you were causing life to come forth, Jesus. So I just pray for their valleys, Lord Jesus, that you speak truth to them. That, Lord Jesus, you speak life to them. That they will begin to hear your voice above any other voices. And we break off every lie, deception, and scheme of the enemy that is trying to come against them right now in the name and blood of Jesus. They are free and they will walk out of this valley with a testimony that will cause people to rise from their graves. This is our proclamation. This is our words of life that we are speaking and receiving right now in the name and blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray for your glory. Amen.